Hey there and welcome to another episode of The Walk. Father Roderick on a very, very windy day. I'm glad I have this uh, dead cat that's covering my mobile recorder. So the wind noises are reduced to minimum. And I'm walking back home from uh, the supermarket. Not the one close to where I live, but one that's actually in a neighborhood that's about 15 minutes by bike where I just saved some meals (laughs) I'm walking my I have my bike in my in my hands right now I'm walking next to my bike and I've got a bag hanging on the left side of my what you call it steering it's not really a steering wheel but anyway you know what I mean and it's filled with uh, with goods with food that is almost expired I think I've explained this before. It's a, it's a system that's called too good to go, which means that supermarkets that have stuff that normally, you know, they'd have to throw away because the expiration date is, is, uh, has arrived, they sell it for almost a symbolic price. Like I, I paid five euros for a bag that is at least two, three, well, probably more, more three three kilograms of food so in here i've got yorkshire ham i've got some yogurt there is lettuce um there are some mixed vegetables that i can use in my uh indonesian food got some hummus uh there is what else is there that looks like cheese there is some meat now it it varies from time from day to day. <laughs> sometimes you're lucky and it's exactly the kind of stuff that I that I always use for cooking. And sometimes you get these very exotic things that nobody wanted to buy and then well, <laughs> there's a reason for that. So, it but it, what I like about it is it makes me uh more creative because then I have to figure out ways to use these ingredients even though I've never cooked with them. And of course, it's a way to uh prevent stuff prevent you know really good food to be thrown away plus it saves a lot of money so normally with a bag like this i can easily eat for three or four days so that means that i'm eating for about a euro per day that's pretty cheap so anyway and i just uh made a stop halfway uh at inga's place she lives here in this neighborhood because she posted a picture on Facebook of a cake that she had made uh, with meringue on it, and it looked very, very tasty, um, but nobody wanted to eat it. Not even herself, because it's, um, well, pretty calorie-dense, and everybody, of course, this is still the new year, is trying to lose weight. But since I uh, ran... 10 miles this morning and tomorrow I have to run another 20 miles for my marathon training I uh, send her a message hey I, I could taste a bite of that and I don't think it'll hurt me so <clears throat> stopped there for a cup of coffee and a piece of cake and it was absolutely delicious but one piece of cake is probably <laughs> all I all I can do because I am too also still trying to get a little bit lighter so that if I have to run that marathon of Rotterdam in uh, a little more than a month, I don't have to carry 
too much of myself. All right, let's cross the road here. I can see Ikea in the distance. I haven't been there for two months. I'm done with my home for now. And uh, this, uh, this is recorded on a, on a Saturday. And normally, of course, I record the, the walk and my other shows in the beginning of the week. But as I've shared with you before, I am working pretty hard now for, uh, to, to make three episodes or three TV episodes about my trip to Australia New Zealand. That's just a ton of work and I don't have that much spare time to, uh, to do podcasting. And well, I did record the regular show because that I can always squeeze that in but for walking I need to be walking right so this is the first time this week that I'm actually walking more than you know back and forth between my uh, my desk and my bed but speaking of these TV shows uh, this is kind of the thing that I wanted to share with you I um, I always put my my blood sweat and tears and my heart and soul into the programs that I make and so I was very happy with the result of the first Australia episode I've already uh, delivered the second one I'm also quite happy uh, with it and I am preparing to start working on the third episode which will take place entirely in New Zealand and so once you create something like that um, of course you want other people to experience the same joy that that I had when I was making it and then this week it got the results the numbers for for this first episode of Australia and the numbers were dramatically low really really low like in the beginning of the year with the episodes from Scotland I would I would sometimes even reach a hundred thousand viewers which for the Netherlands is substantial it's pretty big and I figured this is also, it's a similar, you know, it's a trip, it's uh, beautiful landscapes, interesting people, um, definitely worth people's time, and yet, oh, very low numbers, and this was the first, the first uh, airing was on Tuesday, and these are afternoon programs, so of course it's, it's already decimating the potential because well, a lot of people are just working and they don't watch television during the day so that is already a drawback of the the time of the day during which these programs are aired and it was 15,000 I was like oh so low what is happening what did I do wrong is there something else on another channel that is competing with me well it turns out that was uh, a repeat of a of, of the main late night talk show uh, that was on the other channel and more than I don't know 200,000 people were watching that so maybe that's where my audience went but but last the that that was not the first time so and then I figured well maybe I don't know what what's going on but but there's always a a repeat uh, broadcast of the show on Thursday and sometimes that gets pretty good numbers as well so I was really hoping, I was checking the numbers, that maybe it was just a fluke, just a little, sometimes that happens, it's a hiccup. These uh, measuring techniques are not very precise anyway. Uh, 
basically, it's still a, a manual system. So people get a remote control for every member of their household. And when they start watching, they have to press a button saying, hey, I am watching now. And then you press the button of the program that you see. But, uh, of course, this technique can't really tell how many people are sitting on the couch watching that program. Um, and it is uh, very rudimentary because I think the difference between, let's say, 15,000 and 30,000 in the numbers is one household. So if in one household there's, there's a person who, get, I don't know, gets a flu or whatever, um, that can uh, completely thwart a number so that all of a sudden you go from, th- from 30,000 to 15,000. And, and it's always these numbers, you know, it's 15,000, 30,000, 45, 55, 60. The higher the number, basically, the more reliable it becomes. <coughs> With these lower numbers, it is basically just one or two people that are unable to, to, to watch. Let me put my uh, earbud back in my ear. It popped out. I'm still using these old-fashioned... Uh, wired headphones Um, I do have wireless ones from China that are really excellent but the downside is they are charging because I used them this morning while running anyway so but I was like okay maybe just by accident that one or two of these households were not watching but then on Thursday same result 15,000 and that's where I started to worry and I w- it's just so disappointing because I don't see any difference between the type of programs that I made at the beginning of this year and, and these ones. Actually, I think these are nicer, more fun, more varied, uh, definitely in more interesting material. And yet it's not rewarded. And that is, I don't know, it triggers a lot of old feelings of rejection and... Uh, not being good enough and it's so weird to notice that and I mean I don't think that that everyone reacts to things like this in the same way and I'm sure that you know it'll be soon forgotten but I was still surprised at how much it affected me even though I've been doing this work for 10 years and we've been in this situation many times before and but the it's it just triggers self-doubt and you you always uh, or I always start to think, what did I do wrong? And maybe I didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> but it's what you think, and I can't figure it out. I'm thinking, well, maybe because in this first part, I was talking quite a bit about the uh, abuse problem. Well, the the uh, the situation with uh, clerical abuse in uh, in Australia, and I mentioned the situation around Pell, and then how. The new archbishop uh, is trying to uh, kind of, well, pick up the pieces in a certain way. So maybe that was a little bit too much inside baseball. Uh, but then again, I'm like, well, that's what, that was halfway through the program. Maybe the beginning wasn't interesting enough. Um, I, I don't know. I keep asking myself these questions. And then I'm, well, but what was the alternative? I can't go back to Australia and refilm everything. So, and then I read an article this morning. It's kind of opened my eyes. And 
it mentioned a colleague of mine. Well, not really a, a friend colleague. It's not that we meet every day. I've been in his program a few times, many, many years ago. He's got a, a really popular talk show in the late afternoon, beginning of the evening. And after 15 years of doing that show, he has announced that he, he stops. He's, he's ending his career for that program. So he's not going to do daily talk shows anymore. And then he was interviewed in his own program. And, uh, and he said something in the style of, uh, along the lines of, um, uh, this is not just saying goodbye to 15 years of program making. No, this, this, was, this has been my life for 15 years and so it's saying goodbye to you know my part of my life that and the author of the article said this is something that you hear a lot nowadays it's people identify their lives and the value of what they of their lives um, to the measure of of their work to what they produce what they do and if someone says, this has been my life, it's almost as if it was the only thing that mattered for 15 years. And once that falls, up, falls away, well, where are people going to get their affirmation and their joy? And um, the author called it an interesting term, workism. Like, uh, you have all these isms like alcoholism uh, and uh, it's regarding work almost as an addiction something that you need to feel valued to feel that you've accomplished something that you're worth it and that's what triggered this thought in myself like well maybe that is my problem that I am so taken aback by these low ratings and it affects my mood and it makes me think like this morning I woke up thinking about solutions for my TV show and it's a Saturday morning. Or is a big train here? It's an industrial train from Germany. And it's loaded with uh, sea containers. Oh wow, two even said China shipping. So they're going back to China. This train goes straight to Rotterdam, to the harbor. And that's where these containers will probably be loaded onto ships and continue their journey by sea. All right, it's safe to cross now. A lot of trains here that are passing through my village. But I was wondering to, to which extent am I influenced or impacted by this workism? And is the fact that I'm working so hard, uh, these long hours, um, trying to do everything myself, isn't that also a form of workism? Or have I fallen into the trap of workism? <laughs> that as if, um, if my program doesn't reach the same number of people that it reached in the previous weeks you know is that something that makes my hello my life less less valuable um why does it affect me so much 
and I think it's the same with uh, what I'm trying to do with podcasting and, and YouTube and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm very often just disappointed by uh, if a video doesn't do well. Like I was doing a review of the first episode of Picard and I had high hopes that I could bring in a whole new, you know, segment. Uh, well, at least a, a whole new audience to my channel by doing Star Trek stuff. And then it turns out, and hello. <laughs> it's one of the upsides of living in a small village, you know everyone here. <laughs> These are all parishioners of mine. Um, so you... Uh, I thought that that would work, and I, lo- I love doing it. I, I'm, I love Star Trek. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the new Picard series. But it didn't do anything. And maybe I should have persisted. And maybe it takes time. Sometimes, hello, <laughs> I'm a little bit impatient, and I want to see direct results. But it didn't work. And so... Uh, I'm like, well, maybe not do... Let's not do Star Trek anymore. Let's just focus on Star Wars because that's... that's uh, it gives more immediate gratification. And it's true. When I do Star Wars, whether it is uh, like an explanation video or um, playing Star Wars Battlefront, some, something like that, it all immediately gets a ton of engagement, great conversations, um, and a decent amount of views. But uh, it's also feels a little bit like a hunt for affirmation. And, and, and when I have a busy week, like uh, these past two weeks, where I don't have the same amount of time to focus on making YouTube content, uh, I almost feel haunted. It's like, I should do more. I have to come up with something, uh, for, create something. And... And it's almost as if the rest of my life is on, on hold as long as I have not accomplished something, uh, met my own expectations. And that's workism. Uh, and, it's, and it's not a very positive thing to discover <laughs> because I preach the opposite. I always tell other people that you know, their value is not in what they do. It's not what you produce. It's not your your work status it's it's all about who you are and that you're loved regardless of of how useful you are to other people but in my own personal life i noticed that i have trouble accepting that maybe this is also why i've had such a hard time adapting to the new situation in my parish with all these different churches like 15 churches and two big parishes that are fused together and i don't really get time anymore to it to to invest in in these individual uh, communities so i'm just a almost a, a uh why would you say that like a a, a passerby i'm just passing by celebrating mass and then moving moving on again to the next church and it'll, maybe it will be several weeks or even months that i will see this community again which, of course, has a, uh, as a consequence that I'm not as, in, let's say, influential anymore in the parish. I, I don't feel that I'm playing such, a role, such an important role anymore in, in building up people's faith. That's one of the 
most gratifying experiences that I've had in the first 10 years that I worked as a priest here is that you, you can really see that your the preaching and, and helping people, that it makes a difference, that it has been building up uh, their faith. And I am really uh, thankful for, for how the parish here has changed. And of course, it's not only me, but I definitely think that, that uh, my presence in the parish has helped. And now with these huge uh, regions with this very, very limited contact that I have with parishioners. I'm here putting my bike in the garage. It feels as if what I do doesn't really matter anymore. It's, uh, it, whether it's me or one of the other two priests who, who stops by to say Mass, you know, what's the difference? And, you know, in a certain way that's good because my, I've got two good colleagues and, and good priests and very ins- uh, inspiring as well. But it also makes me feel a little bit useless sometimes. And I know that that is not true, but that, that is the effect that I feel. Um, let me see, I'm just going to take the back door here. And I think it is ultimately because of this workism, because I identify my self-worth too much with my work. And it is it's the parish kitchen here. Oh, it's warm in here. Uh, it is still. Uh, I don't. I don't really have a solution for this, other than I may have to step away from working too much, and and uh, trying to to get through this door. This is inside the. It used to be an old rectory, and now they have renovated it so that there is this parish part, and there is this my living quarters here. Let's close the door, turn on the lights. I'm going to say uh, the Google word. So, if you have any, if you're listening to this on speakers, then maybe something will happen in your household as well. Hey Google, turn on all the lights. There we go. Okay. I, have, I have this uh, Google uh, screen, or what's it called? The Assistant, the Nest Hub Max. It's pretty cool. It's got good audio. It's not, sometimes it's a little bit weird because you expect it to be like a tablet, but it's not as versatile as a tablet. But it is still very cool to have it in the kitchen because. It reacts to my gestures. I can play videos and then just raise my hand and it will stop playing. It's pretty nifty. It has a camera in it. Um, so anyway, the... Uh, and what I was thinking as well, there, there is a... Workism can be a good motivation to, uh, to keep working and to, to keep innovating and, and being creative. So it's not just all bad it, it's when when uh, a program doesn't do that well it's also an incentive to to be, become even better to try to improve right. wow that's a lot of veggies for tonight that's very good and some lettuce also always welcome 
what have we got here? This is, uh, oh, it's old-fashioned recipe yogurt. Chicken is also very useful. What is this? Oh, more chicken. Oh, this is a grilled chicken. That will go very well with the salad. And then we've got hummus. And, oh, yes, French cheese. What is this? I love French cheese. This is pour salut. It is uh, with an orange crust. Very, very yummy cheese. It's a good thing I'm running a lot this weekend. And here we have uh, beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my fridge that's telling me to close the door. You're wasting energy. Um, so, it's... I mean... It, I, I should be aware of how, you know, what people like to watch. And if it is useful, if nobody watches, then maybe I should do something else. But it shouldn't be impacting my overall mood so much. That is a sign that I'm identifying too, too much with my work. And the fact that I'm dreaming about it, when I wake up, I'm thinking about, oh, how am I going to do this last episode about New Zealand? When it's the weekend, that is not healthy. And... Uh, and and in a way, uh, I'm I'm thinking a lot about my dad uh, lately, and of course he is uh, uh, not at home anymore. He has been moved just this last week to another um, care center. This is probably going to be the place where he can stay for uh, for a longer time, and it's very close to where my mom lives. So enter the sunroom here. So that is uh, that's very cool for him but he has been uh really really addicted to his work and he was always working and now he can't he has even trouble reading um, and has limited energy limited time to focus but it doesn't mean that his life is all of a sudden worthless on the contrary there are many in many ways, I, I appreciate him even more than when he was so still all the time busy working because now he's more, much more in a, he's always in a good mood and uh, he's happy to see you. Um, so I think I can learn a lesson from that. And I should prepare for times where I may not no longer be working on television. And my TV show, it's, it's going to end one day. Maybe, maybe soon, maybe much later. I don't know. But there's going to be a time that, that I will have to make place for other programs and other people that can fill uh, the, the gap. Does it mean that all of a sudden I'm, I'm not as valuable anymore? Or uh, well, will it destroy my self-esteem? I hope not. I hope not. But it means that I have to keep things in balance. And work, for me, is important because I want to feel useful. At the same time, it's not the only thing by which I should measure myself. And uh, the same thing is with, with um, where we're, uh, I'm, I'm currently writing the, the, the plan for 2020 for the different channels that we do. And I'm really uh, scaling back some of the ideas that I had last year and, and pursuing the things that do really work and yield results. And... And that was hard at the beginning to to tell myself, well, 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 but why are you actually, why do you want to continue something that clearly doesn't work as well as you thought? And I noticed that I, I have trouble 
discarding it because it's so linked to my own feeling of that I came up with this great idea. Why doesn't it work? Why don't people want to watch that? Um, and, and yet I know that if I step away from it, it will create room for something new. And so it's not the end of the world. But it's this, this letting go of things that were very much linked to um, your, you know, being content about what you've accomplished or happy with an idea. And so, well, sometimes you're the only one who's happy with that idea. And then you'll, you'll just have to let go without feeling too bad about it. And that is a challenge for me. That is this hard. I have a hard time uh, letting go of things that, um, that are dear to me. And in a, in a certain way, the, the, the TV shows, that's something uh, similar. When I create an episode, it feels like my baby, you know. It feels like, like something very, very uh, precious that I'm sharing. And then people reject it. And it's like, it's almost as if you're, you know, hitting Baby Yoda. <laughs> Like, don't do that. It's, you know, it's too valuable for that. And I know I'm over, overly dramatizing it, but that's a little bit how it feels. It's like I'm sad because people don't share in my joy uh, that I feel. But, and well, it's not the end of the world. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> hey, I got to wrap things up because um, I'm just going to post this online. How long have I been talking? 30 minutes. That's, that's enough for, for today. Um, if you have any tips, as usual, let me know. Uh, thanks to my patrons who make it possible for me to do this work and uh, also provide me from time to time with valuable feedback. I, I really appreciate that. And if you want to, if you're able to join them, if you're able to uh, help me with my mission in, in media um, and you think it's worth what I, it's you know, worth something that I do, um, then uh, consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash Um Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Take care and God bless.